1: Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Yeah, you do. Well, then head over to Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show, and oh my God, my soundboard is working correctly! Yay! My name, my name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. So, how has your week been, my friend?
0: Ah, uh, busy with work, and uh, among you know, still hacking away at the Parker Syndrome. Uh, actually, is when we finish recording the show, I'm gonna do a couple of more things with it before I go to bed. But, um, yeah, gonna enjoy the next few days. Uh, no baseball games, and get a nice four day weekend for Memorial Day. And then after that starts a ten uh ten day work stretch, which ain't gonna be fun, <laughs> but uh, I'll get through it. Which, if anything, that takes away a nice chunk of the season. And and there's another ten gamer um at the end of june so honestly when we get into july there won't be all that many games left oh wow which is kind of crazy to think about because you know the schedule and i mentioned this when i did my show last week the schedule's actually been kind of light cuz i feel like we've been able to do the show more than we have in years past like during the season yeah so so it's it's going to get busier but you know the the light will be at the end of the tunnel before you know
1: it And I just wanted to let everybody know too that uh, next Tuesday night is actually my birthday and uh, I have been working crazy amounts of hours the last, this is my third week of working like 10 to 12 hour days and even weekends, so I'm going to take next Tuesday night off. So I hope you guys don't mind if we just kind of take the week off, we're going to relax and if you guys really need us, you want to listen to us, go back and listen to some old shows that you might have forgotten about. And uh, go back and relive those those heady days of 2016, I think it was, when we started.
0: Everyone should go back and listen to the very first episode.
1: Yes. That's what they should do. <laughs> Mixmaster has joined us in the chat room. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm welcome. sure we'll get a few more stragglers as we go along. And, uh, yeah, so next week we're out, and uh, we're just going to take the week off, kind of enjoy our memorial three— our you, well, you get a four-day weekend, I get a three-day weekend to uh, enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. It's my birthday, and uh, we're just going to enjoy the week off next week. So everybody, um, you know, barbecue, do whatever it is that you do, and uh, play some retro games.
0: And you won't offend Jason with cash for his Yeah, birthday. cash
1: is nice, or if you want to, you know, uh, you can look me up... Uh, on uh, Steam uh Jesus TC or you just look me up uh Jay Funktastic, on Steam and uh, if you want to give me some games <laughs> or if you want to like I said Derek Derek has it right if you want to send me some cash that'd be just as good too
0: or cash
1: cash cold hard cash C- cash <laughs> Oh and Mixmaster says he he'll be able to be here every week now that uh his bowling league is over till the fall so awesome
0: Nice. I've always wanted to do a bowling league. Me actually, too.
1: I've actually thought a lot about that lately. I love bowling.
0: I do too. It's one of the sports that I'm actually not terrible at. That and
1: kickball. <laughs> I want to I get love kickball. Own, uh, Oh, kickball, Jesus! Uh, it, it just you just gave me all kind of uh, horrible. PTSD memories of like dodgeball and kickball when I was a kid. You know the worst part about kickball was when you would kick the ball and you would be running to the base and they would throw it at you and like try to like get it in between your legs as you're throw as you're running. Like that was oh, the yeah. worst. Like getting the ball in between your legs and just like face planting like right in the dirt. That was awful.
0: When I was in I was in like late elementary school. I was playing kickball, and i I was i guess you would call it the pitcher, even though you roll the ball. the <laughs> kicker kicked it like dead center and hit me right between the eyes
1: Oh, and, and that sound that it makes like I can still oh yeah, all that sound ping yeah, <laughs> that kind of echoing like pain, that really loud ping when it would like hit you in the head. oh God, Elementary I didn't play kickball awesome. for a
0: while after that, so <laughs> uh but no it's it's still fun,
1: oh boy. Uh, I want. Do they have any adult kickball leagues? I
0: don't know, I'll never play dodgeball after watching the movie.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> way, a it's dodge wrench from dodgeball. <laughs> Get ready, dodgeball. <laughs> oh man! But I. Um. Anything else you want to add before we go into the news for the night?
0: No, let's do it. We've got we've got some cool stories this All week.
1: All right. Well, here we go. Uh, if I can find the music right here. On Nintendolife.com, Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 getting an SNES reprint courtesy of I Am 8-Bit. Recent news that the original team behind beloved 16-bit platformer Earthworm Jim is getting back together for a sequel on the Intellivision Amico confirmed that there is still an audience for the worm and his zany antics. His games on SNES and Genesis Mega Drive were fun, slick-looking platformers, and they are fondly remembered by many. Um, let's see, uh, the majority of of the carts will come in fetching utter pink. Mm. (laughs) Approximately 100 will have an alternate cow print case. These will be mixed randomly. So you have a one in 20 chance of receiving the rarer design. Uh, only 2000 copies are being produced and they'll come with a brand new, uh, bespoke boxes complete with a new instruction manual and retro pack in surprises. Uh, let's they look good. And, uh, each one will cost you $135. So I don't know about you as much as I love earthworm gym. I don't know if I want to drop $135 on uh, a new earthworm gym package.
0: No, i I would agree with that. You know, I've. I remember reviewing the first game a while back on the show, and I had never really played it before. It's so and hard. It was really hard, but it was a yeah. lot of fun.
1: It's fun, but good Lord, that's like more... It's it's, it's Battletoads hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it is. I still need to play the second one, and I think this is cool that they're doing it, but I, I can't... Uh, me, personally, as not being a diehard Earthworm Jim fan, I can't yeah. justify paying $135.
1: I mean, I can understand that price because they're only making two thousand of them, but that's—I'm just not enough of a fan to uh, really want to depart with that much money for it. I mean, they look cool; they really do look cool. I would love to have them, but maybe if they were about seventy-five, eighty bucks, I would think about it. But one hundred forty bucks is just a little too much. That's a little too above my uh, pay grade.
0: Yeah, same. I would like to have the—I think the cow pink. Yeah. Um, design is really cool the utter pink
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, let's see our next story comes to us from kataku.com the new castlevania collection is a bloody good time castlevania anniversary collection isn't quite as good as it could be but even a limited feature set can't stop these games from still being great in 2019 release thursday for xbox PS4, PC, and the Switch. Castlevania Anniversary Collection brings together eight of the early games starring members of the Belmont family. The twenty dollar package includes the original Castlevania trilogy for the NES, the Castlevania Adventure spin-offs for the Game Boy, Super Castlevania IV for the SNES, the never before re-released Castlevania Bloodlines for Genesis, which I believe is going to be on the SN- or the Genesis Mini, mm-hmm. and the never before translated Kid Dracula for the nes which was previously only available in japan so as being the the castlevania fan of the show uh what do you think of this
1: oh i'm definitely uh up for buying this i think i'm actually going to get this this week um but i any you could slap castlevania on anything and i'm there for it i love castlevania so much i mean it it it, it kind of runs neck and neck with Mega Man <laughs> with that in that era for me, but I I think I don't know I, I think Castlevania kind of edges it out because I, I just love the whole aesthetic of Castlevania. I love the storyline of it. Um, you know I, I love the 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 Netflix show. I really wish they would do like a live action Castlevania movie. That would be awesome. But it's just it's such a fun cool game and it's one of the greatest games franchises of all time. And I I still, I think that the reason they're doing this stuff is we're going to get a a new Castlevania announcement here really soon. I I just have a feeling.
0: Yeah. In addition with that and, you know, Simon Belmont being in the newest smash brothers, Mm Mm-hmm. I think is all pointing towards those signs. And an additional note here, it says it's the presence of that last game, which Konami translated into English for the first time. He's talking about kid Dracula. Yeah, That keeps me from saying that the publisher did the bare minimum for this release.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is kind of bare for, for the 20 bucks. I mean, I, I could see that. Like, why not just put the first Castlevania game? Why not put the, the Castlevania one, two, and three on, uh, you know the switch online for the the NES library like that i don't know that seems like that would have been a perfect fit for that and not yeah. have to pay 20 bucks for it but at the same time like like i said it's castlevania i'll i'll throw down money for it just cuz i love it so much
0: yeah i would probably get this eventually too just to play you know some of the others that i haven't played yet cuz i've only played I think the first one and Castlevania 4 for Super Nintendo. Yeah. The, the Kid Dracula sounds very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly have never even heard of that until uh, I read the article and I was like, wow, that was a, something I never even heard of. So that's, Same. that's kind of intriguing. Yeah. And for our last story tonight, this is also from NintendoLife.com. Mega Drive minigames list 10 more titles revealed. Uh, we have, um, let's see, update number two. Sega has confirmed the third batch of 10 games to be included on the uh, Mega Drive Mini, or Genesis as it's known here. Uh, it'll launch in September. And let's see what some of the new games are. Uh, we have Mega Man The Wily Wars, Street Fighter 2, Championship Edition, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, Beyond Oasis, Golden Axe, Phantasy Star 4, Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog Spinball, Vector Man, and Wonder Boy and Monster World. These games just keep getting better and better, and I am more and more excited for for the Genesis Mini every day that goes by.
0: So, funny story about the Genesis. Sonic is what I associate the Genesis with, but I have distinct memories of the Sears here in Pensacola when I was a kid. The Sears was two stories tall, and the second floor had all the electronics. And I would go and play um, the Genesis, because they didn't have a Nintendo for some reason. Yeah, And the one game that they would have other than Sonic was Vector Man. So I have a, a little bit of memory of playing it, but that's one that you know I look forward to actually giving it a real go, because I've never even attempted to play it since I was a kid. So it should be fun. I, I'm really excited about the Genesis Mini. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really good, and I think it's going to sell extremely well.
1: Yeah. Um. And Mixmaster said that they they need to add Herzog's Y. And I remember we were talking about that not too long ago. Let me look on Wikipedia real quick, see if I can jog the old memory pod for Herzog's Y.
0: Yeah, that does sound vaguely familiar.
1: Yeah. I, and I remember uh, seeing the advertisements for Vector Man too back in the day, but I never played it either. If I can spell it right, there we go. 1989 video game. Uh, yeah, the real-time strategy video game. Um, it's an early real-time strategy game. Predates the genre popularizing Dune Two being released first in Japan. Uh, see Herzog's Why the player directly pilots a flying transforming mech. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, multi-role vehicle suited for utility and combat. This sounds pretty awesome. I think they should add that on there. I would play it.
0: Yeah. Now, there's a lot of these games that I'm at least going to try. Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: But I, uh, every time I see something about the the Genesis Mini, it just makes me more and more excited. Like... I remember seeing the advertisements for all these games back in the day and wanting to play them so badly and never could cuz I never got a Genesis and now I get that second chance. Like I see all these games like Castles of Illusions and uh Streets of Rage, uh Contra Hardcore, all and Shinobi, all these games that I really want to play and um uh, I think it's going to be good for us to um for this because you know, if most, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the games that we've reviewed on this, on this show are things that we've played before or at least experienced. So it's more of just a review and not so much a reaction to mm-hmm. them. And I think a lot of these are going to be more of a reaction to these games. And I know a lot of these are great games. I mean, Genesis. I have a feeling Sega's not going to put crap you know they are yeah. not just going to put filler on there like every game's going to be good so cuz they they really do want to compete with you know the the Nintendo Mini and the Super Nintendo Mini i think they're going to have you know they they're, they're going to do well with this genesis uh classic
0: i agree 100% with that
1: but uh, but let's go ahead and um let's move into this month in video game history shall we
0: let's do it <laughs>
1: On May 13th of 1976, one year and two weeks before I was born, uh, Atari releases Breakout, whose prototype was designed by Apple Computers co founder Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Uh,
0: let's see. I can't say that I've heard of this game. Um, we We very rarely... Do any tidbits from the 70s? Yeah, when we do I've, this. I'm to, to
1: go back and see what I can find from the 70s because I know a lot of video games were done in the 70s. And you may not have played Breakout, but you have definitely played this game type. Like we were talking about uh, the Kirby game um, we were mm-hmm. talking about last week. Well, the, what game was that? Kirby's Breakout something or something or other. But it's basically it's a Breakout clone, and a lot of games oh, okay. are. So if you've seen um just go take a like you can look at the screenshot here and basically all it is you have all those colors going across the top of the screen and then you have um uh, you know this little bar down at the bottom that you used to uh go back and forth with the paddle and mm-hmm. bounce the ball up back and forth and try to just break you know break pieces out of that wall basically it was it's really you know you go back and play just regular breakout and it's so It's so primitive, but the game mechanic is there for games that we're still playing today. So this was a really important video game. I mean, it's up there with like Space Invaders and Pac-Man, like the the real groundbreaking kind of gameplay that that a lot of games are still based on, you know?
0: Yeah, as soon as you mentioned Kirby, I remembered the, the comment you made last week about the breakout clone. Yeah. So now I'll have to look up more about this. Very interesting. Let's see. In May of 1983, Sega releases Astron Belt in the Japanese market, which is the second Laserdisc video game. It uses pre-rendered computer animated film footage as backdrops overlaid with sprite graphics.
1: Let me take a look at this because this sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. It has the flyer for it.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have any gameplay footage, though. Let's Unless that's gameplay footage on the actual um, game box. But I can't tell because I can't blow it up.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, I think I see something. All right. Okay, yeah, I know what type of style this is.
1: So is this, yeah, sort, basically... of like, um, is this sort of like a uh, Dragon's Lair? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would
0: say so. Yeah, I mean, the... Yeah, the backgrounds look very, very real. Yeah. Granted that they're using film footage, you know, it, it is real, but yeah, that's that's an interesting style, especially for something, you know, back then from from the early 80s.
1: As good as Dragon's Lair looked, that game sucked. That was that game was just a quarter muncher, man.
0: And not every great game, uh, or games shouldn't be defined by how great they look.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, also in May of 1983, Atari releases Star Wars, a color vector graphics game based on the popular film franchise. I remember playing this game at the, the the skating rink when I was a kid. And holy crap, this game, its I guarantee you if they put it in arcades, like it would still hold up today. It looks great. It sounds great. It's fun to play. I would love to get my hands on an old Star Wars uh, game console or arcade. This console. looks really cool. It is. Um and they even had like uh some of the earliest like digital voice stuff in uh in the game and it just it was so good. Like for 19 you know 83 it was just way out there.
0: Yeah, no I, the the style that I'm seeing from the Wikipedia it, it definitely I think would still hold up.
1: And look at how I cool mean, you... that cabinet is. The one that, especially the one that you sit in. Like Oh, would, yeah. Oh, man, who would not want that in their house?
0: I know I would.
1: Oh, man, that just looks awesome. I want that <laughs> so badly.
0: Let's see. In May of 1983, Sega LaserDisc hardware releases as the first LaserDisc video game
1: hardware. So I imagine that's the same thing that uh, they used for Astron Belt.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say so. Never. Um, I mean, I know of laser discs, but I've had zero like actual experiences with them. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional
1: your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job,
0: but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: Yeah, I me mean, neither. No, only, I mean, I did play. Uh, like I said, I did play Dragon's Lair a couple times when I was a kid, and it just wasn't good. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was expensive. Like it was like a dollar to play it back in the '80s. And you know, when you're a kid, your mom gives you, you know, whatever quarters are in her pocket or, or, or in her uh, purse to go play in the arcade. You don't want to blast, you know, four whole quarters on one game.
0: Yeah. Let's no, I mean you—you you, you only spend a max of two. Yeah, per game. exactly. Like that so. should be the rule.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course, in May of 1987, Castlevania, the action platformer video game developed, pu- developed and published by Konami, for the Famicom in Japan in September of '86 was ported to cartridge format and released in North America for the NES in May of 1987 and Europe in 1988. It was also reissued for the Family Computer in cartridge format in 1993. Players control Simon Belmont who has entered Castlevania to defeat the vampire count Dracula.
0: Great game. Love Great it. series. One that I regret that you know I didn't that wasn't introduced to earlier. Uh, yeah. In my uh, time as a video game fan, but have enjoyed it ever since. It's
1: just such a good game. Like, it, it's up there in the top five favorite NES games.
0: Well, I think when you bring up the NES, it's got to be one of the first three to five titles you bring up. Like, right there with, oh, Yeah. you know, I, I think the ones you bring up are obviously Mario and Zelda. Mm-hmm. I think Castlevania's up there. I mm-hmm. think Mega Man's up there. Yep. And for the fifth spot, I think it's debatable. I think you know Kid Icarus could go up there. It could, but but I, there I would are some say, others too.
1: I would say Metroid over Kid Icarus. Metroid,
0: though. yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah. So if if someone was to ask me, like I've never played the Nintendo, what five games should I get? I would be like, all right, Super Mario Brothers, three, Legend of Zelda, Metroid, um, Castlevania, and for my money, I would say Ninja Gaiden like that that's a pretty icon it's either it's either going to be ninja gaiden or mega man 2 those are kind of the toss up
0: yeah yeah but uh to close us out for this month in video game history on May 5th 1992 id software releases wolfenstein 3d for ms dos which popularizes the first person shooter genre for the pc and leads to many similar games
1: I do remember playing me some Wolfenstein back in uh, back in my 11th grade year of high school, which was 1994. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but I had a computer programming class in high school. And if you got done with your work early, the teacher had the, the big thing of floppy disks at the front of the class. And if you finished your work early, you could spend the rest of the the, the class playing video games. And there was mm-hmm. Doom and Wolfenstein and you just like you did your best to be the first one done so you could have your pick of Wolfenstein or Doom everybody else was screwed because they had to play like you know hangman (laughs) and stuff like that
0: what year did you graduate high school
1: 1995
0: okay I was 2004 so almost an exact 10 year difference
1: oh yeah so Close. you were what, like ten years old in
0: nineteen
1: ninety-five? Yeah. Come <laughs> man! I'm that old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, at times
0: I feel twice my age.
1: Um, but before we go into our review for tonight, I did want to remind everybody that if you're interested in helping out the show and uh, you want to have some extra episodes every month, which we did, you know, we once we get to the $50 level every month, we will do extra episodes every month. We were at the $50 level there for a bit and uh we did the um the Super Mario Brothers movie commentary for that month. And um we really want to do those extra commentary tracks and movie reviews and we will have Mr. Wallace Phelps on those extra episodes. So get us back up to that $50 level. Um, we have a couple of different tiers that you can uh, uh, subscribe to every month. Uh, you know, you can give us a buck or three bucks or five bucks, whatever, whatever you want to throw at us every month. You can throw at us whatever. Um, but if you like this show and you like the content, you like what we're doing here, head over there to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Throw us some shekels every month. And uh, if we get up to that $50 level, we'll give you guys that extra show every month. And I'm Absolutely. also thinking about uh, since... We've talked about this before, but for the Patreon people, people that go and uh, support us on Patreon, I will. And once we get to, uh, you know, sort of an odd number (laughs) of people on the Patreon, uh, I want to start doing polls every week or every other week for what we're going to review. Like we'll put up a couple of different games. We'll let people kind of decide what they want us to play. Cause I'm kind of getting tired of picking my own games. I want other people to pick pick stuff that I, you know, I probably would have never even thought about, or something that people really want to see us review. So I'm thinking about doing that. So if you want to get on in that action, help us out over at Patreon. So head over there, uh, pick whatever tier fits your your monthly uh budget and help us out. Anything you want to add on that, Mr. Derek?
0: No, I think you, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I will say this: the the Mario Brothers movie commentary is probably my favorite episode we've ever done. That was for this podcast. My
1: favorite. It was the most fun show to do. Even though I hated the movie and it was awful, just making fun of it with you two guys was like the best night ever.
0: Yeah. No, it it was great. So, no, like Jason said, head over to patreon.com dot com slash NerdCaveRetro. Uh, if you can't. You know, donate. Obviously, we understand, but you know, the the best way to get exposure is is word of mouth. So, yes.
1: and Mixmaster agrees with us. Polls on Patreon sounds good. See, you like love it. it. And uh, so, let's go ahead and go into the review for tonight. And Derek will be talking about. Jaunty,
0: such such cheerful music. So this week, I've actually been excited to do this review for a while because um, a few months back, uh, it was probably early this year, or maybe late last year. I went through this little binge of playing classic Game Boy games. You know, I went back and played through all the Mario Land games, uh, Link's Awakening. You know, because I've touched on this off and on. On shows past, that you know, I, I there's a special place in my heart for the Game Boy because it not only makes me think of cool games like the one I'm reviewing tonight, but it also makes me think of trips that I would go on with my family during the summer or just whenever they happen to be because we would normally travel multiple hours. So I would sit back and play my Game Boy. I would say my favorite Game Boy game of all time would probably be Link's Awakening. But a very close second would be this one, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, which is a platforming video game developed and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy and is the sequel to Super Mario Land, also on the Game Boy. It was released in Japan on October 21st, 1992, and in North America on November 2nd, 1992. So as far as the gameplay of this game goes, it's... Very standard for the most part as far as your Mario games. You know, you go through a level, you get power-ups, you can collect coins, you get goombas, Koopa Troopas, and new enemies as well. And some that are exclusive to this game, as well as a couple of power-ups that I'll get to in a second. Is this game um, longer adju-
1: than the first one, though? Say again? Is this longer than the first one? Because I remember you talking about the first game and talking about how short it actually was.
0: Yes. Yeah, so the, and it kind of ties into the story, which I, I'll go ahead and get into that. So the, you play as Mario, and your main objective is you go to Mario's personal island, Mario Land, uh, to reclaim your castle from Wario, which this game actually marks the gaming debut of Wario. And, you know, he's become a very popular character in Nintendo since then. Basically, Wario has taken over Mario Land, has taken over his castle and brainwashed everyone and everything on the island to think that Mario is the enemy. Now, the castle has basically been barred by a magic door, and in order to open it, you have to collect these six golden coins from different areas of the island. So there are six different areas, and each have, I think, three to four sublevels, as well as a hidden one. And you have to go through, so say one is like tree land. Actually, I think they're actually labeled as zones. There's, um, let me see if I can remember this from memory. There's a turtle zone, which is mostly underwater levels. There's a pumpkin zone, which has like a Halloween theme to it.
1: Ooh, always um, a what's
0: Halloween theme. What's cool is the Goombas in pumpkin zone actually wear like Jason Voorhees type masks. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is really cool. Like all the the enemies are themed as far as what zone you're in, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, there's six there's six zones you have to go through. Each have a different variety, which I I like. Um, I think the Mario games are at their best when they have variety. When you get to the ones like oh, yeah. Mario Sunshine, uh, that are all like tropical themed to an extent, or when you have like Mario Galaxy, and as great as the Mario Galaxy games are, they're all space themed and that can get kind of grading yeah. at times. Um but the, this game is, is really fun. Um, the objective, of course, is to reach the end of a level. Um, you defeat enemies, and you collect you know power-ups. Some are traditional, like you have your mushroom, which makes you grow bigger. You have the fire flower, which gives you the ability to throw fireballs. Now, what's cool about the fire flower in this game is because the game is grayscale, you obviously wouldn't be able to tell if Mario changed his outfit. Yeah. So whenever you collect a fire flower, Mario has a little feather on his hat.
1: Huh. Okay.
0: And then one of the more underrated power-ups is you get this magic carrot that turns you into Bunny Mario that gives you giant rabbit ears. You get an increased jumping ability, and you can also use them to like glide in thin air. Like You basically just tap the jump button repeatedly, and you can glide um along the level which is which is pretty cool. That's cool. But any questions so far about Mario Land 2?
1: No, not really. I mean, it just sounds like a, you know, you're kind of your standard Mario game just kind of scaled down.
0: And what's cool about Mario Land 2 is that it's such a jump in quality from Mario Land 1, cuz I would compare yeah. Mario Land 1 a lot to the original Mario Brothers game. Yeah. But this one I would put in that Mario Brothers three and Super Mario World type of category because well, I can
1: definitely the, tell just from the screenshots of it that uh, you know Mario is way more uh, detailed. The uh, the the Goombas and Koopas are way more detailed. I mean, just the world itself is it just looks better than the, the from what I saw the first game. The first game just seemed really kind of bare bones.
0: And I think that was the case. But with this one, they really upscaled the graphics, the detail in the background. Uh, Everything about it is just better. And it's kind of that evolution of even you go back and look at the original Mario Brothers and then the jumping graphic style from 1 to 2 and then 2 to 3 and then 3 to Mario World. The same thing happens with Mario Land 2. And I like... It's to me the perfect size and length for a Game Boy game. It has your six overworlds and then each have a few different sub-levels that you know, it doesn't take a ton of time to go through, but I think it's just long enough for a Game Boy game for that time. And then once you collect the six golden coins, you you know, go to the castle and you fight Wario, which the battle is actually kind of cool because Wario can actually use the same power-ups as Mario. So, like, in one phase of the battle, you're fighting Wario with, you know, where he has a feather on his hat and he can throw fireballs, and then the next section he has rabbit ears, which makes it a little bit um, a little bit unique, I think, as far as final boss battles go. Yeah. And also from there, you know, the sequel to this starred Wario, so that should tell you how popular he was. Yeah. Um, after this game came out, and he's still been portrayed as being, I'd say, more of an anti-hero because then Wario went on to get, you know, the WarioWare games for like mm. DS and 3DS, and um, Wario actually got a couple of platformer spin-off games too.
1: He had a uh, uh, um, Virtual Boy game, also.
0: We won't talk about the Virtual Boy. <laughs> I don't think even Nintendo would like to talk about the Virtual Boy. No, I don't think so. As kind of a spinoff of this, that I thought was really cool. Have we ever talked about the comic books that Nintendo would put in Nintendo Power back in those days?
1: See, I, I think I I wasn't reading Nintendo Power by that point because I, I don't remember the comic books.
0: Okay, so they did one that was a lead into this game called Mario versus Wario that gave kind of a A little bit of a backstory on Mario and Wario being, you know, childhood friends. And basically, Wario would become jealous of Mario's success. And that's why he stole like Mario's castle. Because in story wise, while Mario is over in uh, Surasha Land, and I'm sure I'm butchering that name, but basically during the events of Mario Land 1, Wario takes over Mario Land. And then that leads into Super Mario Land too.
1: Well, I'd be jealous of Mario's success too. I mean, Bastard's got an island.
0: I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, the the comic book is it was like a a ten. You no, know, it was it was only one comic. I think was this. But back then they had, you know, little sections of a overall story that would be told through like a year's worth of Nintendo power. Like you'd get five yeah. pages per issue and i still have the at my parents house i still have the graphic novels for a link to the past and super mario world
1: yeah they're, just... they're
0: loosely based on the games especially Link to the past because they stretch a lot of liberties with it yeah but it, it's still pretty cool in its own way
1: yeah this that was definitely after i stopped um reading nintendo power because like i said i i don't remember the comic books at all
0: they're, they're really good. I, I like to go back every now and then and read them. But they, had, they had a Star Fox comic. They had a Metroid comic. I, I don't think they had anything else other than that. But No, the, the comics were great. But, but as far as the reception of this game goes, uh, Official Nintendo Magazine ranked it 44th on their list of the 100 greatest Nintendo games. Nintendo Power listed it as the 7th best Game Boy slash Game Boy Color game praising it for its improvements over Mario Land 1 and and for having the impressive visuals for a handheld game.
1: It does look good. I'll give it that.
0: It really does. As far as Game Boy graphics go, it it still definitely holds up. Um, Let's see. All Game gave it 4 stars out of 5. Electronic Gaming Monthly, 87.5 out of 100. And Nintendo Power gave it a 3.7 out of 5. You know, I, I had a lot of fun going back and replaying this game. Um, I wouldn't call it... I don't want to say it's not special because in a way it is because it has unique things about it. As far as the gameplay goes, it's very safe, I think. It, it plays exactly like Mario World or Mario Brothers 3, but I don't think that's a bad thing because that style still holds up. You could release a new Mario game in that exact same style, and I guarantee you it would get highly reviewed for
1: oh, it. Yeah, I think this was the best that Mario ever looked, was this era. Um, because you could definitely tell the character model, uh, especially from this, was taken from Super Mario World, that character design. And I don't know about you, but I, I think that was the best Mario has ever looked, was that era.
0: Well, you can even look at what Nintendo's doing now with the art style. Mm. If you look at the box art for Mario Land 2, how Mario um how Mario looks on that art, yeah. Nintendo's brought that style back. Oh yeah. And I and I love it because that's my favorite art style for all the Nintendo
1: characters. Yeah.
0: So, I I highly recommend this game anyone who ha- might happen to have a Game Boy or even a Super Game Boy, uh, definitely check it out. It's it's probably my favorite of the Mario Land games, uh, and it's definitely it's in the top three at least of my favorite Game Boy games of all time. I, I had a blast, you know, playing it when I was a kid. I had a blast going back and reliving it, and all the Mario Land games. I give this, I'd give it a solid probably eight and a half wow. out of ten.
1: You know, you mentioned the Super Game Boy, man. Super Game Boys have gotten expensive and they're hard to find now.
0: Yeah, they me? have.
1: Because I remember those things used to be a dime a dozen, even up until like a year ago. And now it's like you can't even find them anymore. And when you do, they're like expensive.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen one in, in months.
1: I remember going to the, the local retro game store here, and there would be like five or six just sitting on the shelf for like, you know, 10 bucks a piece. And now they're like, now they're in the actual glass case, (laughs) they're with like a fifty dollar price tag on them. I'm like, "Eh, I should have got them when I. That's the thing that didn't happen until I wanted a Super Game Boy. The minute that happened, half of them like must have like gotten snapped out of existence.
0: So Thanos is a Game Boy fan.
1: Yeah, he's a, he he hates the, the <laughs> Super Game Boy, so he made half of them disappear.
0: <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine, I guess he had a really bad day at work, and he was just complaining about how much he hates people. And he said, "I'm about at the point where I'm going to call Thanos and just tell him to to snap. Yeah, to just do it."
1: Oh, and mixmaster was talking about. Uh, he was gonna, he was thinking about getting in. Uh, an NES, that's in his local uh, retro game store for 75, dollars and I, and I said that, you know, I, I would pick it up. If it's in good shape, you know, mm-hmm. why not? And uh, he said he hasn't had a Nintendo in 20 years, and he sold it with his GameCube. And I'm like, I know. I did the same thing. I mean, I never sold my Nintendo, but I did sell my GameCube back in the day with a ton of games for it. And I'm kicking myself for that. Like, I, I had so many games for the GameCube. And now all the games that I had, of course, are the most expensive games now. Like, great. Good job.
0: (laughs) You know, what's crazy to think is that in a couple of years, GameCube will be considered retro gaming.
1: Yeah. And what? Because I think
0: what... The way I look at it is I I put a 20-year limit on things. I have made a couple of exceptions with some Nintendo 64 games, like with Majora's Mask. Um, And There's been one or two other games I've... Really, uh, reviewed that came out in like 2000. But I think the GameCube came out in 2001. So it's going to be crazy to Four think, but years. in two years, I can review <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine, Luigi's yeah. Mansion, and Super Smash Brothers Melee on the show. Yep. And I'm going to cry mm. through all of them.
1: Yeah, you are lucky all. you kept your N64 Mixmaster because those things are like flying off the shelves now, too. And you know yeah. why? Because it was the perfect party console.
0: Yep. No, I I 100% agree with that. I I was lucky. I was able to get one. I I got one not too long after we started doing the show. I think, and I got it for relatively cheap. And it it's it's a good working console. So yeah. Oh, those I, I got lucky with that one. These were
1: built like tanks, man. Yeah. But anyway, no, they are. Um, I think we're just about getting to the end of the show unless there's anything you want to uh, want to throw out there about Super Mario Land 2.
0: No, I just I think it's a very solid Mario game. It has enough unique things to make it stand out and I think everyone should play it. it it's a fun solid Mario
1: game. I still don't know what I'm going to review next, and like I said, we're going to take next week off, so I've got uh, a few weeks to figure it out, (laughs) what I'm going to review next, but I want to play something fun, man, I want to play something cool and fun, and uh, I'm tired of playing stuff that doesn't bring me joy, like Incredible Hulk, (laughs) that game sucked ass, good lord.
0: Well you've you've definitely got some time to to figure something out.
1: Yeah, I got to look through my collection and see what I want to play. I'll figure. Yeah, I'm
0: not sure I'm not sure what I'm going to review next cuz I'll I'll be I'll still be in baseball mode, so it'll probably be something on the on the less complicated
1: side. I think since we're going into summer, I'm going to play something that reminds me of summertime when I was a kid. Like maybe something that I played on my summer vacation or something that reminds me of those summer times when I was a kid. So I'll have to look through my collection. No, you should. But I think that's about it. So Derek, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here tonight? What's going on with the Derek Diamond experience? Is Is it shut down for the season now?
0: You know what's funny? I was going to tell you this off air, but I, I'll, I'll tell people anyway. It's funny that, you know, last week I released the Parker Syndrome episode and that was the season finale. And now I've gotten upwards of like three to four interview requests.
1: <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I'm
0: like, of course it happens. So what I may end up doing is saying that I'll do the interviews, but they're not going to be released until end of the summer. So I'll still be doing stuff to prep for coming back in the fall, but nothing new will air until then. yeah so you there's plenty of you know shows under the new format to check out. I think I did like just under twenty episodes, and then also there's you know the classic episodes as well with all the fun roundtables and everything. Yeah. So if you want to check out some classic episodes of the Derek Diamond experience. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at D Diamond Podcast and download the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all fun podcasting platforms. And I'm starting to enter the home stretch uh, with the Parker Syndrome. i um, actually going to be working on that as soon as we uh, finish recording and hope to have that finished in June.
1: Awesome. And uh, for everybody that's joining us that, that's new to the show, we've gotten a lot of new listeners and some crazy download numbers the last couple of weeks. I think it's because we've gotten uh, quite a few follow Fridays and uh, shout outs on Twitter from some of the bigger retro gaming names on Twitter, uh, which I, I can't think of off the top of my head. Of course, there's Nate, who's, uh, who was, who's been on the show before, who always gives a shout out. And, Nate uh, the Great. Nate the Great. And um, go go follow him. He is at, um, what's his Twitter handle? Let me look it up real quick. Oh, come on. Don't do this to me. All right, Nate. At, I know it's Nate, but let's see. Uh, at, ooh, what? Come on. <sighs> okay, at Retro Gaming Dev. Yeah, at Retro Gaming Dev. Go follow Nate. He's awesome and he uh is. he he's he's making his own game too so head over to Patreon and and give him some support cuz he's a huge supporter of the show here and uh we should you know thank you to Nate for all the the shares he gives on Twitter and all that and everybody else like Facebook like uh Tyler and uh who else uh Brandon Brandon everybody that that shares this like thank you guys because like I said we've got some crazy numbers the last few weeks so everybody that's new welcome and uh help us by sharing the show so thank you all thank you very very much and like i said no show next week so go back and listen to the archives and you'll find something cool to listen to back there so i'm ready to go tonight what do you say Derek?
0: Let's get out of here.
1: All right, let me pull up my end of show notes here so I remember what to say, and I will play the music. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter, at nerdcaveretro. Individually, at JFontastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We're on Facebook, of course, at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Uh, we talked about our Patreon earlier, so head over there, patreon.com slash retro. And if you can't throw us a couple bucks a month, leave us a review wherever you listen to the show. Share us on social media. Uh, introduce your friends to the show if they're into retro gaming and all that kind of stuff. So thank you all, and we will see you next week. And Derek, please, tell everybody what it's all about.
0: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.
1: Cheers.